Welcome to the Aligned Women Podcast, a podcast to empower women in chiropractic to grow practices that work for their families. I'm Dr. Danielle Eaton. And I'm Dr. Shauna Dingman. We're two moms who are navigating the journey of life and practice just like you. So sit back, take a deep breath, and enjoy the show. everyone. Welcome to a new episode of the Aligned Women podcast. Dr. Shauna and I are excited to be back here with you today for a new episode. And of course, as always, we want to just take a moment to thank you for listening because we know our schedules are busy. We know that yours are too. And any time that you spend here with us is time that you could have been doing something else. So thank you for taking the time to be a part of our community and Aligned Women. So on that note, let's just dive into today's topic because today's topic is about time. And we've just said, we don't feel like we have tons of it. We're going to be talking about how to find the time for all the things that we feel like we have to do as moms and practice owners today. (sighs) All right. Deep (laughs) breaths, ladies. (laughs) Deep breaths because... Uh, this is a hot topic for me right now. I'm, I'm like feeling it today, big time. Like, uh, how do we do this? How do we make time for all of this? Yeah. It's there's a so huge much, thing. Yeah. There's so much that we could say about this. Right. So first things first, let's just, let's just reiterate the point of why we need to be conscious of how we use our time and our energy as women who have families and businesses to run it's so important that we're able to be in this for the long haul. Like there's a lot of change to be made in our local communities. There's a lot of change to be made globally and we are so well positioned to do that. But when we just burn ourselves into the ground by trying to pretend that our business is a sprint instead of a marathon and even the same thing for growing up, growing a family is a very long marathon then we are not able to have the longevity necessary to make that change. So this is an important topic. We really do need to be conscious of of how we're using our time and energy. And uh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I think when I think of all the people I've known over the years who have left practice, the number one reason that it happens is just overwhelmed. It's trying to be all things to all people, and it's just not possible, but not choosing the things that are most important, and it leads to burnout. We don't want that for you guys. You guys are amazing, and you have so much to give to your communities and to give to the world, so that's the whole reason that Align Women exists. It's, it's because we are all in the same boat, and we just want to make sure that you're able to do what you want to do for as long as you can possibly do it, because that's how you're going to have the most impact on your family, on your practice, in your community, and on the world. So one of the things that we teach in Align Women is to start at the start. And if you don't know what's important to you, then you can feel, you can really easily feel like you're giving your time and your energy to everything and everyone on every single day. And at the same time, feeling like you're getting nothing done and not doing a good job of any of the things you're trying to do. So 
when we have a new member start, for example, we guide her through the process of clarifying what are her key roles? What are her core values? What are her core desired feelings? And how can she start to create space for those things that are most important and let go of things that are not? Now, I'm going to tell you, there are times that I feel like everything is important and everything is urgent all at the same time. Mm-hmm. And this is why it's so important for me to have these core values, have my quarter card on the wall right in front of me so that I can sit down and say, this is what I'm focusing on. This is what I've said is important. When and if, it's not if, it's a when, those days arise, like today, where I feel like everything is important. I have to be everywhere. I have to do everything And if I'm not, then I'm not doing a good enough job. Yeah, I think maybe that's one of the most difficult things is sometimes the decision, choosing what is most important, what should get your attention is the hardest thing. And I think particularly when your kids are young, and that's where you're feeling it so much this week right now, Danielle, because you've got got three young kids. And especially when you have a baby in the mix there, the feeling of getting away from it or creating space or creating that uh, ability where you can just have some time to yourself and think and get stuff done and plow through things, it just doesn't really exist all that well. I mean, it's so much more difficult than when your kids are older. And I know for so many of our listeners, we're talking to moms who have small children, have babies, have really growing practices, and everything does need your time. So how do you, how do you do it then? I mean, you're right in it right now. What do you do? What are you doing this week to help manage that feeling of, I have to choose and I have to choose well. So what am I going to choose? Okay. So for me, one of the things that I have to choose on right now is that I can't run two businesses and a family and keep myself healthy in the process, right? So I keep feeling this pull, like I mentioned to you earlier, Shauna, I saw your picture of your new space that you're practicing in. And I was like, oh, I want to do that. I want to <laughs> do that so bad. I want to, I want to move out of the house, like move my business out of the house, right? And right now taking time off of practice to get myself healthier is not the right time for me to do that yet. Every day I'm talking to women about their practices and I'm like, and I want to do that myself. And I want to do, I want to take that idea I just shared with her and I want to go implement it for my own community. And I want to see more people face-to-face in real life. And I want to have my hands on them, but I can't do it all right now. And, and when I do have that time and space, when I do make time and space to just sit down and let my brain process things, I keep being reminded that aligned women is like where I have to put my focus right now when I am working. And because I, I work 18 hours a week when we have a nanny and then maybe a little bit outside of that, that doesn't leave me with a lot of time. I really do have to choose. So it's not always easy But every day, literally every day right now, I'm reminding myself it's not the right time yet. It doesn't mean that it has to be forever. It's just not the right time yet. Yeah. 
I love what you said at the beginning of the podcast when you said it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. And I think, especially when you're in the first five years of practice, it's so hard to to really conceive of just how long your career is. And there's such a push to get to a certain spot within that five years and to feel like a failure if you're not doing it and to get overwhelmed. And I've been in practice now, in and out of practice for 18 years. I almost feel like because my kids, I've got one gone and my youngest is almost 11. And, you know, the two that are left here in the house are, they're very independent and self-sufficient and they've got lots of things going on where they're just not in the house anymore. I almost feel like I'm re-beginning my career and not because I'm, you know, restarting practice. It's more just that all of a sudden Craig and I find ourselves in this space in our marriage where we have all this time now that we've never had before, where we can focus more on business, on each other, on things that make us us, hobbies and uh, time with friends and things like that. And I almost feel like, wow, I've got the next 20 years at least of my life to to do this thing that I want to do as far as my career is concerned. And that's kind of a cool place to be, especially when I'm 18 years into it already. So I would never have had that perspective in the first five years. And I think I was in that, I'm sprinting, I'm sprinting, I'm sprinting. I have to get to this volume and this income as quickly as possible. When the reality was, I, I didn't actually have to get there. And I wish that I had taken a little bit more time, just taken it more slowly and enjoyed life a little bit more with the realization that I've got so much time to make this happen. I just need to take one step at a time and just keep, stay consistent, keep plugging away at things. Oh, yes. Yes to all of that. (laughs) Another thing that I would share, because I know how hard this can be, is that I can't do this all by myself. And by this, I mean, like, I can't do life and work all by myself, not just like what we do with aligned women, right? Um, Three times last week, I heard from people that said, I know that you're so busy. I just wanted to see if I could ask you a question. And I thought, you know, compared to how I used to operate, I'm really not that busy. Um, I do have time to answer your questions (laughs) and I also like kind of stop to pause and reflect on the perception that other people have that I must be so busy. I'm actually working to not be so busy. But another thing that came up for me in this was that like, it appears I get a lot done. Apparently, I don't know if if that's true, (laughs) but, um, I don't do it all by myself. Mm -hmm. We work together on the podcast, on the masterminds. Um, You help so much with the membership and answering questions that come up there and just supporting our members. Um, We have Deja as an assistant. My sister helps me with bookkeeping and um, administrative things. And I have a nanny um, as much as my husband it's a bad rep probably on this podcast. He actually is pretty helpful. He does a lot of the grocery shopping, the cooking, the laundry. I have a friend who is like 
my homeschooling community connection, when there are things going on, she always messages me because she knows I may not know about it otherwise. Um, it, I have a woman that cleans my house. She has 11 kids. Two of them are people that that I rely on to help with my kids if I need backup. So there's a lot of people yep. behind the scenes that you probably don't see who are helping to support all that's going on here. And I think that's what's different now than, you know, in many years past, there's so much more awareness of the idea of the village, right? Like it really does take a village to raise a family the way we want to be doing it and to run a practice and to run. I mean, so many of you, you're running practices that are, it's, it's big business. I mean, your, your revenue is it's a big business and we don't appreciate because we're in it and we're doing it. We don't appreciate how big these businesses are compared to most people who are starting up businesses. Um, I was at the, the biz chicks live event last year. And so I got to meet lots and lots of women who have their own businesses And, you know, when I think of what we typically are earning in our first few years of a chiropractic business compared to somebody who decides to make a go at being, uh, I don't know, I'm just pulling things out of the air. So I'm hoping that if anybody else is listening to this, who is not a chiropractor, I don't want to offend anyone. I'm just pulling something out. But, you know, say uh, a home organizer or they have some kind of a consulting business. For them to get to the kind of income that we typically have in the first couple of years, it's like they look at what we do and they think, wow, that's incredible. Like you have a five-figure income within your first, whatever, first year, two years, six months, whatever it is, or, you know, for a lot of us, a six-figure income within the first couple of years, it's possible, but that it's so out of proportion for what it usually is for people who start a business. And so we forget that we have to have a big business mindset around managing our time. And that's really what it comes down to. It's exactly what you said, Danielle. It's managing your time and your energy so that you're looking after yourself as much as you're looking after your family and your patients. I was reminded of the importance of self-care greatly this year (laughs) after having an appendectomy. Now, that's not to say that I could have avoided it, but um, I've had new symptoms that have been an issue now that weren't an issue before that, um, probably because of having two rounds of antibiotics this year. And, you know, if I look back over the years that I have been in practice and the years that I have been working with other docs and their practices, the one thing that I can say for sure is that nobody has ever told me that they wish that they had spent more time working. Yeah. I always hear people say, I wish I had slowed down a little bit and taken care of myself. Mm-hmm. I wish I had spent more time with my family. I've never heard anyone say, I wish I hadn't spent so much time with my kids or so much time eating healthy food and exercising and worked instead. And that really, that really is like on my mind strongly today. <laughs> so I was getting ready to start the day and feeling like, ah, oh, how am I going to fit everything in? I just stopped to remind myself, you know, I, 
I am in this mode right now of thinking everything is important and urgent and it's actually not. And what will I look back on in five years and regret if I don't do it now? And it would totally be taking care of myself and making time for that. And that's, that's another point that we need to discuss too, is that when people ask, well, how do I find time for it all? The first thing I always say is you don't, you don't find the time. It just, it won't arise. It won't just happen for you. You have to make the time. Yeah. So I've had a few people now say, oh, I hope that you enjoy your time alone on Thursday evening. And it's so awesome because it really does help give me accountability. But ladies, that time would not have just been given to me. My husband wouldn't have said, I mean, I guess it's possible, but he wouldn't have said, I think it'd be a really great idea for you to take every Thursday night alone and I'll watch the kids and then we'll all be okay. And we're going to stick to this and we're going to make it happen every single week. Yeah. And your kids certainly aren't going to come up to you and say, mom, you know what? I really think you need to take the morning off and just have some you time. So I'm going to run you a bath and I'm going to pour some coffee for you. And then I'm going to go off to school or I'm going to go off with dad to the mall and we're just going to leave you alone in the house so that you can have some you time because you really deserve it. <laughs> Said no kid ever. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. So you're right. If you're not the author of your time, somebody else is going to. So who do you want to write your schedule? It's, if it's not you, it's going to be somebody else. So it might as well be you. Yeah. If it's not you, it could be your patients. Yeah when you're letting your patients look at your schedule to decide when their, when their next visit will be, for example, yeah. Yeah. if you tell them they should be seen again in two days and then they look at your calendar for Wednesday and see that you have 15 times open, they'll choose whatever time works best for them. But if you just give them one or two options to time block your schedule, mm-hmm then they'll pick one of those, one of those two options. Yep. <sighs> you mentioned something earlier that I would like you to explain a little better is you were talking about key roles, knowing what your key roles are. What would you like our listeners to know about that? I hope I can talk about this without crying today. I feel super emotional. I have um, gone through this exercise with Ashley Abs. She's been a guest expert for the membership community um, earlier this year. And I'm currently in the coaching program with her. It just started. Ashley, I don't remember how this came up, but she had asked me to do this exercise probably a couple of years ago now. And the exercise was essentially to think about what are the top four roles you play in your life and write them down. So write numbers one, two, three, four from top to bottom. Do they have to be, does number one have to be your top role and number four be out of those four, the least important role? Or is it just, you're just naming four roles? Yeah, I would say like in order of importance or priority, like what are the top four? So for me, I put mom, wife, chiropractor, business owner. Okay, here are my four key roles. And then she asks you to write one, two, three, four again. And now you're going to take number one from your first column and put it as number two on the second column. So if mom was number one before, now it becomes number two. And wife was number two before, and now it becomes number three. And chiropractor was number four, no, number three before, now it becomes number four. Oh, now there's a blank space at number one. And she says, okay, now write self 
Mm. at number one and tears just started rolling down my face. And I was like, oh my gosh, I would have never considered putting myself on this list, much less at number one. And that was a really eye-opening experience for me. Um, It's not intended to make you feel as though you're doing something wrong or that you should be number one. It's just to help you see how often we don't see ourselves as a priority. Mm-hmm. All the other roles, they're part of our identity. They're part of what makes us us, but that's the key is that they're part of what makes us us. So I am still the core. It, like I am still at the core of every single role. And so we all have to remember that above everything else, we are we are we, you know, I am I, I am a woman first and everything else falls from that. And so we need to treat ourselves with that priority. And that mean that doesn't mean you never do anything for anybody else, of course, but it just means that, you know, if we're talking about the amount of time that we spend looking after ourselves, there has to be balance in it. And we're so far out of balance with how we treat ourselves it's just, I'm not sure how culture ever got this way, but. I honestly have no idea. I think it's probably pretty deep and complex, but hopefully we don't have to know the how it got this way to mm-hmm. be able to change it. Mm-hmm. I liked what you had said before at the beginning when you talked about looking at how do you want to feel? And that's such a Danielle Laporte thing. And she, I mean, Absolutely. she's made it really big, but I, I personally have found that really useful to me is that idea of how do I want to feel at the end of the day? And then what do I need to do in order to create that feeling? So if we're talking about specific practical strategies that you can take, that's probably one of the things that both Danielle and I have found really useful is just thinking about how do you want to feel on any given day? And What's the one biggest thing that's going to get you to that feeling by the end of the day? And then write it down. Um, You talk about time blocking all the time too. And we've seen so many pictures and posts recently from the time and energy energy masterclass with the, you know, the timesheets and time blocking. You've done a great job teaching people about time blocking. And really it's a very simple thing. Like it's not rocket science. And yet it's probably one of the simplest ways that we can focus on how we are actually spending our time and allotting our time and what do we need to maybe get rid of. Um, So time blocking is, it's another great strategy as far as maintaining your time and energy and taking care of yourself. That idea that you talk about as well of making a list of all the things that you do and then deciding what are you going to delegate? What are you going to delete? And what are you going to automate? That's so important. And, you know, when you start writing down a list, and I would say work with your, your husband or your partner on this, write a list of everything, both practice-wise and personally, that needs to be done. You'll be shocked at the size of your list. And then just start parsing out. What, what are the things, and there really will only be a couple, what are the things that only I can do? And then what are things that somebody else can do? What are things that maybe somebody else could do, but I really love doing it. So I'm, I'm going to choose to keep doing these things because they, they make me feel good. And then 
what are things that I can maybe somehow put on autopilot and just what can I get rid of? Like when you look at the list and you go, Ugh, why do I still do that? Just stroke it off. You know, the time blocking conversation really surprised me. We did a challenge in Mama Chiropractors in June. Um, it was essentially a video series of my long rambling thoughts about time blocking <laughs> and how we can structure our weeks so that we can have time, make time for all the things we need to do as a business owner, but yet still be present with our families too and be profitable in your practice. And as the week went on, my eyes opened bigger and bigger to the fact that we are so seriously lacking time and energy management skills. It really helped me to form my, like shape my thoughts around how important this really is for us because where else is it being taught? It certainly wasn't taught to us in school and school was all about chiropractic school. At at least at the one that I went to (laughs) was all about, let's just pile more and more and more on you. And let's see if you break under the pressure. (laughs) And as long as you got through that, you know, then, then you were okay. Um, and so for a lot of us, like we leave school and we think like, this is what chiropractic is about. Like we're going to have this mounting pressure all the time. And that's what our careers will, will feel like, or like, we're so used to operating that way after the experience of chiropractic school that we don't take the time to change our habits and to, to reprioritize and learn some new ways of being. For me, then add on two years of residency, which was just more of the same, but at an advanced level. (laughs) And then uh, a couple of years more of working with the same mentor. It was like, oh my gosh, like how much, how many more projects can we start and leave unfinished? How many more tasks can we take on? How many more relationships can we start building? Um, Because if you were sleeping, then you weren't being productive. (laughs) I mean, seriously, like we knew the importance of rest. Um, My mentor would take three weeks off every August and be off the grid. Like we couldn't even contact him. So um, we did like have some kind of value around that in our culture, but it was also really, really, really stressful. And like those three weeks off were almost not even enough to recover from this, the pace that we were going at all the rest of the time. Yeah. Yep. I remember so many people saying at the beginning of our careers, I can sleep when I'm dead. That was sort of the mindset. I'll sleep when I'm dead. Well, you know what? You might be dead a lot quicker if you find time to rest. Yeah. Can you think of any other practical strategies that you want to tell our listeners before we sign off for the day? Some resources come to mind. We mentioned Daniel Laporte. If you like a more, is esoteric the word? Um, less structured, less defined um, way of prioritizing and setting goals, then check out her books. Um, the Desire Map and the Fire Sort of Sessions are a couple to get started with. Uh, if you like something that's a little bit more practical than The One Thing by Gary Keller, which we've mentioned several times now on the podcast, Essentialism by Greg McKeon. Those are those two books are really foundational to me in my thought process. And I think yours too, Shauna, about like how do we create success by doing less? Yep. 
Yeah, for sure. And then, of course, there's the Time and Energy Masterclass. If you're in the Aligned Women community, if you haven't done the Time and Energy Masterclass, you really need to make the time, block it out, and do it. Um, we've had such great feedback about it. It's really worth it's really making that time to do. Yeah, again, it's one of those things where I haven't heard someone actually work through the class and start putting their time blocks on paper and then say, I didn't learn anything from this. <laughs> so um, you really have to put the work into it to, to start to change your habits and see how it works for you and see the results for yourself. Okay, so this was our discussion today about how to find time for it all as a mom and a chiropractor. I hope that it's been helpful for you. And of course, as always, if you are interested in joining our membership community, we will be having an open enrollment period coming up at the end of October. So you can get on the wait list now by heading over to alignedwomen.com forward slash join. Okay, ladies, thank you so much for listening today. We will catch you next week for a new episode of the Aligned Women podcast. Take care. Thank you for joining us today on the Aligned Women podcast. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, we would love for you to head on over to iTunes and hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode. You can join the community of amazing women doctors in our free private Facebook group, Mama Chiropractors, by going to alignedwomen.com slash mamachiropractors. And if you'd love to fast track your success in life and practice, subscribe to the waitlist for the Aligned Women Team group coaching membership by going to alignedwomen.com forward slash join. Have an amazing day and we look forward to seeing you next time on the Aligned Women podcast. <laughs>